You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So if you could tell by the sound of my voice, I'm a lot better these days. I'm much more chipper. I'm fe- I've been feeling good for the last couple of days. Knock on wood that it continues to be that way. But there's a lot of um, life, I guess, in my voice this morning. The last couple of shows, I know I've been a little you know, draggy and whatnot. But today I actually feel alert. I feel great. I feel amazing. And so that is being conveyed through my voice. (laughs) Um, But thanks again to all of you guys who have, you know, kept me in your prayers, who have, you know, checked up on me and all this, you know, I really do appreciate it. Um, all that contributes to, you know, I guess the the getting betterness, right? Um, either way, today we have a very special um, show for you guys. Today, I have a very special guest by the name of Ruth Jamali. Ruth is the founder of the August Project, and she is also the one of the recent winners of Nike's We Are Cultivator X competition, in which she was charged to create a sneaker. Um, that had a story attached to it, I guess. And so the sneaker was based on the Haitian Revolution. Um, there's a story behind it. Um, the sneaker has been taking the internet by storm, literally. And so I thought it would be amazing to have Ruth on the show, one, to talk about her work with the August Project, but also to really talk about the sneaker, right? Um, and because she's a professional woman of color, I feel like it all fits into the grand scheme of things, to the theme of, you know, what Frida's world is about. You know, Frida women, you know, being daring, being ambitious, being resilient, being erudite. And so you definitely want to keep it locked to hear um, all about Ruth and the amazing things that she's doing in the community as a professional woman of color, But before we get into that part of the show, you know, every week I share a highlight of the week. And so this week's highlight for me um, was really just sitting back and reflecting on the last 13 years of my life as my son, the fruit of my ovaries, celebrated his 13th birthday on November 1st. And so it really put a lot of things into perspective with respect to where I was how far I've come, where I am now. Because at the time when I was pregnant with my son, I was applying to law schools. I was, you know, I had a career in mind. I had goals in mind. And, you know, my son came along, blessing that he is. We all have to be real. Sometimes things, you know, come and derail our goals. And sometimes we allow, you know, situations to take us off the path, you know, I guess, distance us from our goals. And, you know, we just, we never achieve what we've always wanted to achieve. We never set out to reach the goals because we let obstacles and situations get in the way. And I would say during the time when I was pregnant with my son and even in his early, early years, it was very much of a struggle for me to realize the goals that I had set out for myself. There were many times where I really sat down and was like, can I really 
go to law school? Can I really do this lawyer thing with this, you know, infant, with this child, with this baby? Am I really able to do this by myself? Um, and so now 13 years later, you know, I look back, my son is in middle school. He's about to go to high school. I did go to law school. I did get into a really good law school. I graduated law school. I, I got gainfully employed after law school. I even got another degree after going to law school and I've, you know, been on a professional path since. And so, um, just sitting back and really reflecting on the last 13 years of my life and how so many things changed, but that what remained consistent was my determination and my perseverance for, you know, my goals and for becoming the person I said that I wanted to be. And so that is my highlight of the week. And I think maybe that's what's giving me this extra pep in my step because sometimes you got to go back to realize like, wow, you really are strong. You really are determined and you really are capable. And so that's my highlight. <laughs> so with that being said, we are on to the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Ruth Jamali. Ruth, say hello. <laughs> bonsoir, bonsoir. Hello. <laughs> Anytime I have a Haitian on my show, I always have to give the authentic last name. I have to pronounce the name <laughs> the authentic way. So I'm not going to say Ruth Jean Marie. I'm going to say Ruth Jamali. I never get to hear my name pronounced properly, so I appreciate you for that. Oh, you and will. I purposely say Jean Marie because I'm not going to sit for 20 minutes explaining to someone how to say it properly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, I go, funny enough, I go through that. My last name is Pierre. Very simple. Yeah. And I still have to sometimes, it's not Pierce, it's not Pierre, <laughs> it's Pierre. People will make it whatever they want. They really will. I've been Ruth Jean. I've been Marie Ruth. I've been jean marie r like the, like whatever comes to their mind is what it is they don't it's respect like, hey, you jean marie is one name i'm not married <laughs> it's the last name no middle name and like the experiences i've had are innumerable and i don't need to, i clearly don't need to go into them now but like i just i'll i take it thank it's you it's hard being haitian in these streets but we find people <laughs> who appreciate the struggle right <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> So for those of you who are like, who is this Ruth Jean Marie? <laughs> so I always like to give a background on how I meet my guests uh, before we get into the actual like meat of the show. So Ruth and I met about, I think it was about a year ago or a yeah, year and about. a half ago. My sense of like time is like very warped. I had to talk to a doctor about that because <laughs> I told people, yeah, you know, three weeks ago when it was really like three years ago. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, very, very, you know, whatever. But I met you through my cousin, George Sinte. You shout out to my cousin, George. Hey, George. And I remember the day George had met you through some event, I think. And he was just like, cuz, I met this girl. She's <laughs> dope. I think you guys would really connect. You have yes. to meet with her. And I was like, okay, cool. Because I'm always open to meeting dope people. I remember we connected. We went to Laku Cafe. Yes. We were at the, the stool, like the yes. bar stool. Shout out to Laku. <laughs> shout out to Cassie. And so we had a conversation. I was like, this girl is really cool. Like, she's a creative. She's really dope. And then you had actually put me in contact with some other people to help me with my other ventures. And Always. I was like, this is great. But then, you know, with everything... With life, you know, things fall off or whatever yeah. the case is. But then your name started coming up again when my girl Farah Louise, shout out to the councilwoman Farah Louise, um, was mm -hmm. running. And I was seeing you in like some of like the common chat groups. And I was like, I 
I know that name. <laughs> this name looks familiar. Oh, this name looks familiar. And then with my aunt, shout out to Assemblywoman Rodney's be shot. And my soror. Yeah, hey. she was like, <laughs> I saw her special. posting like, yeah, you know, my mentee, my soror, my special. <laughs> I'm like, wait, she knows Ruth too. I'm like, you know the Haitian world is tiny. I was like, Ruth is all up in these streets. So, I mean, it was definitely not to my surprise when your name came up again last week with my cousin Sam Pierre. Shout out to Sam Pierre. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> I feel like I'm shouting out everybody and their mother. They deserve it, though. So They do. Executive director of the Haitian American Caucus. He's like, cuz, you know Ruth. You know Ruth, right? <laughs> she came out with the sneaker. We have to support her. We have to promote her. What can you do? What can we do? So I was like, I mean, I could do what I could do best. Let me get her on my show. Oh, <laughs> yes. So I reached out to you. So I was really grateful that you were that you were willing to, you know, on such short notice, just come and meet with me and talk about everything that you're doing. Of course. And so with this platform, you know, it's geared toward professional women of color and you're a professional woman of color. You're a Haitian woman doing amazing things. So I definitely thought that it was appropriate to have you on to talk about I mean, I want to talk about the sneaker option, <laughs> but I want to talk about like all things Ruth, like you yeah. know, the different things that you're doing. You also are the founder of a nonprofit called the August Project. The August Project. I kept yes. calling it the August. Yo, but I mean, it's really important. I think for um, there's a lot of professional women who listen to this show, women of color, who are interested in being civically engaged Mm -hmm. who are interested in really doing more than just their nine to five love it but they just sometimes they just don't find the motivation or they don't know if they could if they could actually do it um because when we think about like these types of projects we think about these celebrities like the kim k's yeah rihanna's but we have a lot of people on the local level like yourself who are doing amazing things so ruth tell us a little bit about yourself and the sneaker project that's going on all over the internet Everybody's posting. <laughs> I noticed. I'm so, so overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm like joyfully overwhelmed. Like, I think I have um, always tempered my expectation expectations, and like, in general, I don't know if it's a story I tell, but she's like, nobody's gonna give a fuck. Like, who's like, <laughs> nobody cares. Um, no matter what I do, if it could be good, bad, and different. Um, so like, I have been so joyful at the response I've gotten, whether via DMs or like public. Um, arguments about like what i'm doing i mm-hmm. just like i'm i'm so joyful and i'm so happy um as it pertains to who i am um haitian person born in brooklyn born and raised in brooklyn been going back and forth to haiti um thank god for my parents who found that to be number one helpful and number mm-hmm. two they probably just wanted to go back to Haiti themselves and what the fuck they, was they gonna do with the kids like <laughs> had to come with them right um so i've like always been philanthropic i've always loved helping people like i've worked in retail for large i don't work in retail anymore but i've worked in retail for a large portion of my life and i like actually was the person that enjoyed helping you find your thing like mm-hmm. what bag do you want what size do you need whether it was models like coach yeah it is important the people nowadays the i don't know what the customer service training is looking like but <laughs> nobody wants to help anybody <laughs> <laughs> listen it's like what did this person experience before i got here because you real mad like right (laughs) and that's neither here nor there and that could be an entire different episode but in terms of like my um my soul my i i exist in this world to help others um specifically black people specific even more specifically haitian people so when it comes to who i am that is who i am i'm a creative whose work is always to uplift and liberate black people 
Haitian right. specifically, but black people generally. And yeah. so outside of that, I know we talked offline about you being a teacher. Yeah. So you, so you have, so aside, outside of being a creative, you have, you know, technical work. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, you know, I get paychecks. <laughs> Cause a lot of times, you know, when we have creatives on the show, people always have this like, uh, this misconception about creatives like okay they're just like you know fly by fly yeah. there's no real structure but you're somebody who was very familiar with the nine to five world yeah who is currently working but you're also a creative who is who who still finds time to be civically engaged with their community absolutely and you founded the august project yes. so tell us a little bit about that so the August Project is a startup philanthropy. The I call it a startup philanthropy because oftentimes nonprofits have um, bleeding hearts and they don't have business minds and mm. they um, don't succeed because of that. It's just kind of like let's help, let's help, let's help without understanding how longevity works and how like supply and demand works. And even when it comes to, like human rights and even when it comes to um, creating and doing good, you still need to be strategic. So the August Project is a startup philanthropy. We call it the August Project because the Haitian Revolution began in August. 1791 um and also august as a vocabulary word means respectable and honorable so you can have an august presence you can move into a room augustly um and our goal is to address issues and obstacles to imagination so some time ago maybe a year or two ago i did a um, focus group in leogan and i was asking questions like oh what kind of jobs do y'all want oh what do you want and i realized that imagination was a luxury because the responses i was getting were so vague and um clearly not forward thinking mm-hmm. right so it's just like we just want jobs so i was like oh okay what kind of jobs do you want any job what you, like in me me ruth that worked that born and raised in brooklyn but it's like i get i have this um luxury of choice i have this luxury of imagination i can create what um my world looks like mm-hmm. and a large part of my thesis actually is a is a constructive constructivist lens which is the idea that you can create and construct what you see in this world and that is a luxury that was mm. my access to education. That was my access to a world that was developed. And though th- this world was developed off the backs of black people, I still benefit from that mm-hmm. period. And no one can really argue that, right? Yeah. So the argument with the August Project is like, you know what, if people can imagine, if you address those like abject poverty issues, if you address like access to food and access to water and access to education and allow these people to imagine they can create their own world outside of depending on anyone else. Mm. So we want Haiti's generally but Leogan specifically to be self-sufficient and you do that by igniting their imagination and you ignite their imagination by addressing the obstacles to that imagination okay yeah so now the sneaker (laughs) (laughs) the sneaker (laughs) outside of working you know your teaching job and founding and you know operating this non well not really a non-profit organization but a a philanthropic organization and i I will interrupt you just really quickly Mm -hmm. because i don't want 10 years down the road someone's like oh you said you was non-profit there's a non-profit leg and there's a for-profit leg i do consult with people to create good in the world that's my industry that's what i went to school for Mm -hmm. i'm not doing that for free but the other Nor part, the non- you. thank you, <laughs> the nonprofit you. part, that's like the more creative space. Okay. And so 
recently, very recently, because you know, like I said, your information was like all up in my, <laughs> all up in my DMs, all over my social media. My cousins were hitting me up, like, "What are you gonna do about this?" <laughs> the the sneaker. So I want to talk about your participation with Nike. Yes, big brand Nike. Yeah. Um, big body. Yes, big body Nike. Um, coming up with the sneaker. So you were part of this competition. Um, yep. is the we are cultivator yes. X. Okay, competition. Yeah. Um, in which it was a nationwide competition, and you were hand selected yeah. as one of the individuals. Or the, is it the individual or one of the individuals? One of, one of. There are okay. 37 of us, yeah. Okay, so one of the individuals, one of seven out of nationwide search. 37, before 37. you gave me trouble. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know with Haitians, we always trying to big up everybody. Out of one million people. Out of one million people. So we like... Mommy, we like mommy, to, stop. Mommy, please. We like to that out of one million people, you know, my daughter. But okay, so out of 37 individuals. Yeah, but it's across the country. So across that's the like, country. yeah. So it's, it's, it's very big. I mean, we're talking about Nike. We're talking about competition. And you were hand-selected one of seven out of 37 individuals um, that actually was uh, selected to create this a sneaker. Yeah. Right? So yeah. talk to us about the sneaker. It's called Uprising? Yes. All right. Talk to us about the sneaker that is taking the internet by storm. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Like, literally, it's things that, like, I, I didn't... And a large part of it is me constantly like under um, valuing the things that I think. But the uprising is a sneaker based on the Haitian Revolution. We, the colorway is modeled after Haitian revolutionaries. So if you look up um, Catherine Flan's outfit, if you look up um, Toussaint Louverture's outfit, if you look up Desanlin's outfit, mm-hmm. if you look up a lot of these revolutionaries' outfits, I don't know what they were wearing because I wasn't there. But the way that it's depicted is how I. Um, then created the sneaker and the green in it you'll see that it's like a neon sort of green and mm-hmm. that's more so like my way of saying like haiti is the future right so like there's green in the flag obviously the coat of arms has like palm trees um but i chose this specific green because it's like a millennial sort of like retro yeah, neon, idea yeah. yeah um in terms of the competition it was thousands of people who applied 37 people won and we were charged with arguing what we're grateful for and some people were grateful for being different some people were grateful for like where they were born and i was great i'm grateful for the audacity of my ancestors there's mm-hmm. nothing anytime i ever get even a tiny bit tired of something or upset about something i think about like the fact that there were human beings who fought against slavery mm-hmm I don't know if I have that in me. Like, actually, let me, I'm going to take that back. I do have that in me. because it's in they, your blood. Exactly. They, because they exist, I exist. Because they decide, you know what, F out of here. I'm not, I'm not doing this whole thing that you think I'm going to do. The, this idea that you think I'm inferior to you. Whatever, all of those sort of theories and ideas, they fought against that. And not only did they fight against it, not only did they revolt against it, they won. Right? And all that started with an idea. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything unless you think you're going to be successful. And the idea that these people, all of them, innumerable, like from Macandel to Henry Christoph, everyone, that they thought something, they saw it through, and they actually won mm-hmm. against a colonial power that was worldwide, against France, against not only France, but Napoleon's army mm-hmm. that was revered the world through. They said, no. They said, actually, I am a man. I am worthy i am 
valuable and these are the things that are not going to happen today and they won um that's something that sees me through all of the time Mm -hmm. if a human being can go through that physical emotional mental state and i'm not going to say that they came on the other side completely okay but they did it regardless i don't got shit to complain about yeah i have an example of what can exist in this world because of them and that's why i created the sneaker and it's obviously capitalist it's obviously there's like things around it that can be a discussion, but at the end of the day, we won. So what's up? I mean, listen, there's nothing else you can say about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing else you can say. Mic drop, right? <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> the metaphorical <laughs> mic. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's really important about just this sneaker creation, it's not just you creating a sneaker as part of some sort of like hype, like, okay, you know what? I'm Haitian, I'm just gonna create a sneaker based on Haiti. Yeah. Like there's actual substance behind it. Absolutely. Especially with what's going on in Haiti right now, mm. with the protests that are going on, with the political issues that are going on right now. I mean, the sneaker is called Uprising. Yeah. And that's what we are seeing, you know, throughout, you know, Haiti at this moment. I mean, to the point where we have people like Trevor Noah yeah. and other individuals like commenting about the actual protests for change that are going on in Haiti. Yep. So it's very interesting and ironic how the sneaker has come out around this time where the Haitians are taking to the streets in in many forms of protest yeah we had like music protests we had you know all sorts of protests going on right now and it's like it's kind of like the Haitian revolution in a sense like kind of replaying itself right and so I think it's very it's very interesting that the sneaker came out around this time and I'm actually I'm grateful for to Haitians for never um backing down Right, mm-hmm. so like they're like, you know what? No, this government court court called Petro Caribla. Like, right? So whether you agree or disagree, they're asking questions, and you will give them answers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, we'll take to the streets, burn tires, throw like things in the in the road. You're not going to be able to like just live your regular life mm-hmm. without my answers being given to me. And I think that's always been the theme of Haiti. Like, you can't just get over on me and i love haiti for that i love the like outside of the violence i don't want anyone to ever get hurt obviously i don't want anyone to like die or like be any any physical harm emotional Mm -hmm. harm mental harm clearly against that but you can't really try to get over on a haitian regardless where's the money where's this i disagree with that oh you're not gonna listen to me you're gonna listen to me now get cnn get trevor noah like this is how change looks. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable for us because we look at other Caribbean countries and they're like, oh, they've quote unquote developed. But this is how real change looks. It looks like protests. It looks like violence sometimes, unfortunately, mm-hmm. again, against that. It looks like, you know what, I'm going to like get all the Haitian artists together and play music while we protest, right? Mm-hmm. This is how change looks. And I'm really joyful that like Haitians aren't passive, nor have we ever been, nor will we ever be. So now I'm looking at the sneakers on your feet at this moment. And so there have been, obviously, with every good that somebody does, there's always <laughs> the criticism. Of and, course. And everybody who knows me knows that I, I, be, I be in the comments. I'm always <laughs> looking to see what are the pros and the cons, what is the good and the bad that people are saying. And, you know, I saw at first when I saw the sneakers, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It, it really does mirror the uniforms. You yeah. know? And I was looking at the different colors and like what everything means. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. But many have said that, well, you know, this sneaker, it's it's red. 
it's blue. Like there's nothing to really distinguish it to, to really say it's a, it's a Haitian sneaker. Yeah. So you know what what about the sneaker actually says it's a Haitian sneaker? Like how do you differentiate that? But then when you came in earlier, I didn't notice that it said August on the actual shoe. I love details. And so I think that you know when we were talking offline, there's like a lack of information or a lack of willingness to be self-informed yeah that comes um along you know with this type of stuff right so with the comments a lot of people were giving some negative comments with respect to you know well is haiti gonna benefit from the proceeds of this like are there any donations that are going to be made like what's happening with the money that's coming from all of this so i guess i want you to take this time to um, address some of those concerns in, in a sense, right? Like, so people who are wondering, all right, great, we have this sneaker out here. How is it going to be- benefit Haiti? Like, is there any proceeds going to Haiti? Like, what does that even look like? Thank you for, first of all, giving me that space to say that because I, I did read the comments as well and I love a good feedback, but I love an informed feedback, right? And if you read any of the articles that were made about the sneakers, it's clear that I'm donating 50% of my profit to the August Project. The August Project is my organization. I do not get paid from the August Project. I, we don't have a budget to give me a salary yet. <laughs> and it, one day there but will in be. in Jesus' name there will be. Absolutely, right? And at that point, I'm also going to be unapologetic about that. Everybody deserves to eat every single day. Um, Nike is not in charge of donating the money. I am in charge of donating the money. A part of the the contract that we've signed and the um, relationship that we have is that I'm getting paid for sales of the sneaker. I have chosen as an individual outside of Nike. Nike is not culpable for anything um, to donate half of my proceeds to Haiti. Mm-hmm. And my proceeds to Haiti will be developmental change. It'll be systematic change. It's not just like, let's get money and food there quick. It's literally like, how do we create change long term, right? So people have also said, as you said, like what makes this Haitian specific? Sometimes the story is enough, but also on the tongue of the sneaker, you see August. That's when the revolution began. August 1791, August 14th, they, they um, got together had their ceremony. I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm not, I'm not fucking with this. Seven days later, after this decision and after this um, voodoo ceremony, the revolution began. So August is the thing that sets it apart from like other countries that may have red and blue. And um, I'm not familiar with, there can be, there's over 190 countries. So there's probably a, a flag that has blue, red, and gold. But a large part of the story is like, you need to know. I don't need to always tell everyone about everything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know why, what brand I have on. I'm purchasing this because number one, it benefits Haiti. Number two, it shows my pride. Number three, you don't need to know that I'm prideful. Everyone else doesn't always need to acknowledge us in order for us to be valuable. Other people don't need to acknowledge our story or see a flag or the coat of arms in order for it to be Haitian. You know it's Haitian because, number one, the designer is Haitian. Mm-hmm. Fight me. <laughs> if not, and you can edit that out, you cannot. But like, I, that's something that, that's the hill I'll die on, right? That's my heritage. That's my birthright. That's the country I've always visited. That's why I've had a passport since I was five or six or whatever, 94. So I was five. Um Number two, the money is going to Haiti, right? And if you don't believe it will, you can join our listserv as I've invited a lot of people to do and I haven't gotten actually emails um, to those people that like have drawn those doubts. Mm-hmm. They haven't sent me their email addresses. You can follow along with us. Like I am WhatsApping people in Leogan consistently. What do you want to do? What do you want to see? How do we support you, right? Those decisions don't lie with me. I don't live in Haiti full term yet. They do. 
they will know better how to use the money, how to utilize it, how to benefit from it. And if you don't trust their decision-making, that's a conversation you need to have with yourself. With yourself. You can't have it with me because then that's, that's what I'm going to get offended. Mm-hmm. And I seldom get offended by things. But if you don't believe that Haitians can solve their own problems, then we have an issue. Period. And I think that's really important to address that because, again, you know, unfortunately, with like I said, with every good thing that you do, there's always going to be the naysayers. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times the naysayers are people who really have no stake in the game. <laughs> they've either never been to Haiti. They've the either shade. Never done Haiti. <laughs> I mean, it's not even shade. Like, it's, it's direct sunlight, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's direct sunlight. They've never been. Facts. They have no idea what a disaster relief effort looks like. They've mm-hmm. never been on a mission trip. They've never even been for for vacation even Mm -hmm. and they a lot of times are the first time to discourage you know like for me whenever you see a young black professional that's doing something that's outside of their own realm like it's not like what notoriety really are we getting from from doing something like this like i don't even want notoriety you know i don't even like being at this like i like my space i like my time and i like my business and I remember I have a friend who like joked one time, he's black American, and he was just like, You can't even ask Ruth what color socks she's wearing. And she's like, Why you wanna know? Like, I don't <laughs> like I don't like people in my business, period. Like that's say same way. Why do you need to know? Because yeah. Period, right? But if it requires me to be at the forefront for change to exist, then then I'll do that. Like, I believe good in and of itself. And we live in capitalist spaces in which we think that like there has to be a monetary sort of response to our efforts there has to be like oh she has to be x in order for y to exist i believe in good i believe that human beings are inherently good and that is another hill i will die on i think that people will benefit will behave in a way that benefits them but if they are given an option to benefit them or society they will benefit society period I don't need anything in return to this. I am donating my paycheck. Nike is not responsible for that again before y'all get me sued (laughs) (laughs) to systematic change. And I've always been for systematic change. That's from like my first tattoo to the first like author's day book I wrote. And when I was like 11, like I've always loved the idea of black liberation and when people question that and they, I don't mind questioning it. I mind it bothers me when you question it and there's no like fact behind it and there's no fact checking and you clearly didn't read an entire article and you clearly didn't read up about me or you clearly didn't follow the the Instagram account or you didn't like ask objective questions. Like it bothers me when you come to the project, the Nike project, um, the sneaker project, whatever I'm doing. I've done galleries, I've done like photo projects of, around Haitians, and you don't bother to gather evidence. Mm-hmm. That bothers me because now it's inaccurate and you are just being creating negative. conjecture. It's not even being negative. Being negative if there's evidence around your negativity. Be negative if there's facts to bolster your negativity, right? But when there isn't, when you're like, oh, is there money that's going to be going to Haiti? And the entire article already states that there is. You don't care about the truth. You care about like creating doubt and being and creating misery around like a situation that already isn't shouldn't exist. Yeah. Right. So that's when it bothers me when it's inaccurate and it's not um, based in fact. That's when it bothers me. Like it, who gives a fuck about my feelings? But you're not being truthful. Mm hmm. 
So I guess to get back to the positive side of this, because <laughs> we have the sneaker out here. Now, this we sneaker know. is a limited time only sneaker, right? So it went on sale November 1st yep. and the sales end November 10th. Yes, at midnight. So now... As far as I know right now, midnight. The sneakers are going for about $140, mm-hmm. which is typical for Nike sneakers. Yeah. I just bought sneakers last week from Nike, <laughs> and it was the same price. And it wasn't even a Haitian Revolution sneaker. <laughs> it, was, it was a regular sneaker that has no no goal, just no mission, <laughs> no nothing behind it. It just looked cute on my feet. Yeah. Um, but this sneaker is going for $140. Uh, $140, $140. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. $140. Um, shipping and handling, of course, whatever. You can get yes. it directly from the Nike site. Yes. So okay. the link is in my bio and it's also in the August Projects bio. So okay. the August PRJCT, the link is in that bio. It'll take you directly to the sneaker. Okay. And I'll also post that link on the Freedom's World website as well. Thank you. Um, but so it's only for a limited time now. Is there yes. any chance of extension of this sneaker? As it stands, no. Um, my lofty goals and my brain and my mind, we're going to create something real big. Okay. But in real paper and like actual <laughs> like details, so if we're dealing no. with the reality right now, we only have until November 10th. Yes. To get this sneaker. Yes. And so if anybody wants to have a pair of these Haitian Revolution sneakers <laughs> on their feet. The uprising. The, the uprising yes. created by. So I see that it's created by Rutherford. <laughs> and it's crazy because when I was in high school, I had a friend of mine and my son's godmother still calls me Rutherford. The, why? <laughs> that, because that was my, that was a weird nickname that he yeah. came up with. I have, no, I don't even remember how he came up with this, but he started calling me Rutherford. And my son's godmother, we all went to high school together. Yeah. And so she calls me Rutherford to this day. She calls oh, me wow. Rutherford. So when I saw it, I'm like, that's my name. That's, <laughs> that's another one of my nicknames. Yeah. But it's Rutherford. It's Nike by Rutherford. Yes. My yeah. birth name on my birth certificate, on my social security card is, is Ruth. Okay. But Rutherford is like a nickname of mine. So like there was a time in high school where we all gave each other like male names mm-hmm. and mine was Rutherford. Mm. So like I had a friend named Geraldine. We call we to this day still call her Gerald. <laughs> like <laughs> like legitimately Rachel, we call her Ray. So like I don't, it's just like childish sort of like yeah. thing so and that's then where also that came from. Yeah. And okay. my name is biblical. Um, but I don't, I didn't learn to really appreciate it until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. But as a child, I did not like the monosyllabic name. Like, it's like, mm. it begins and ends. Like, a- there's Ashley's, there's Maya's. Like, where's, this, where's the rest of my name? Yeah. My G, like, <laughs> it was just, just Ruth. Ruth. People be like, oh, are you Ruth Ann? Like, no, just Ruth. Ruth Marie? Nope. Ruth. Ruth G? Nope. It's Ruth, right? So, like, it took me a while to, like, really enjoy and appreciate my name. And, like, when I was given Rutherford, to me, that was like, okay, that's a whole name. Mm-hmm. Um, but my real birth social security name. Government, if you're looking for her. In Gov- <laughs> Please don't. I pay taxes. I do. Okay. Am I rent on time? <laughs> on time, on time. No issues with Uncle Sam. You hear no, me? No, no. <laughs> Knock on wood. So the sneaker is out there on sale. People can still get it. Yes. The link. They yep. can get the link from the August project. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna post it on yes, Feeders World. Thank you. Um but if somebody just like totally misses all this but all they hear is Nike, is there any way for them to navigate on the Nike site to find it? They would have to do Nike and Nike by you. Mm. So it's a specific relationship between We Are Cultivator and Nike. Okay. Um in order to create this sort of project. And again, the creativity is on the creatives and people said what they were grateful for. I'm grateful for 
my history. I'm grateful for my ancestors. I'm grateful for the audacity of them. I'm grateful for their thoughts. I'm grateful for their actions, clearly, because, you know, we're not slaves anymore. <laughs> like, I'm grateful for, like, every single thing. Um, but if you just go to Nike.com and, like, type in Uprising, you won't find it. Okay. You have to actually, they, there's a partnership that exists that allows this sneaker to exist. So so what that means, everybody, is that you're going to have to be all up in my DMs. <laughs> all up in my yes. page to yes. get this information. Yes. Now, Ruth, what is next? So, I mean... It's always fascinating for me to be in the presence of, again, professional black women who are already working and then having the ability to create extra mm, on the side. Yeah. Like, how are you able to do like this is like such a big, a huge thing. Like I said, the sneakers all over the place. This is such a huge <laughs> thing. Like, how are you able to really focus on this, do this. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's marketing that goes, in, mm-hmm. you know, that goes into this. There's just reaching out. There's mm-hmm. doing, I mean, I'm sure everybody's trying to get you on the interviews now <laughs> to talk about this sneaker. Okay. How are you able to do this while still, you know, working and be, keeping up with your professional self? I have friends and I'm almost going to come to tears now. So I'm going to, I speak a little bit slower. So I don't it's cry. okay. I, don't I have tissue. Public. I have tissue. <laughs> <laughs> And this exchange that we have where I'm just kind of like giving them the idea and they give me their labor has allowed me to be so successful. Like, I am so grateful. Like, I am consistently grateful. If there's one egg in my fridge, I'm grateful, right? And I have been able to leverage the talents of my network. And they have been able to, by the grace of God, been able to give me their talent for free because it doesn't, like, put them in the poorhouse. So I have been able to do this because they believe in what I'm doing because they're it, because they're talented, because they have the time, because I have asked them, because I have told them what the goal is, because the ultimate goal is black liberation. It's not like, yo, let's get rich and line our pockets. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, yo, I'm giving half of my paycheck to, to, to an idea of alleviating poverty in the first black country, the first black republic in the world, <laughs> pretty yeah. much post-slavery, right? Um, I have been able to do this because black women have been taught to, I don't know if there's like a English version of like behaving like a mule, but like, <laughs> like you act like a donkey. Like you, yeah. you, you work, you work, you work, you work. I remember one time I was like, I was cooking something and I had my mother on FaceTime cause she was teaching me how to cook it. And like, I didn't even realize she noticed the dishes in my sink and while the dish was boiling, she literally said to me, and I live this to this day, even though I was spiteful as fuck that she said it, she said, women don't stand around and do nothing. Why don't you wash those dishes that I saw in the sink? And at the time, I was like, yo, that's sexist as fuck. First of all, don't wash my house. I'm paying my own rent. First of all. <laughs> I don't live with you no more. I don't live with you no more. First of all, I left. <laughs> but also this idea that we have to constantly be working. Like, I love working. I love to work. Mm-hmm. But I love working because I know what my work lends toward, right? I'm not creating wealth for people who have historically been wealthy. I'm creating ideas for people who have historically had value value and wealth but not in a way that's monetizable Mm -hmm. so when it comes to like how do you do all of this i create the time i create the wealth i create the space and i also depend on people who have given me their labor for free and people who are so talented like to the point where like i'm literally like yo thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and i believe that it's like 
you have to ride the fence. I'm obviously once I make once I'm making money, 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 they're getting paid, mm-hmm. obviously, right? But they have honed a talent. They have honed an ability to like communicate a message in ways that I can't. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a social media strategist. I'm not a PR person. And they've done that. And they've given it to me free because of Haiti, because of their love for Haiti. And I will forever be grateful for them forever and ever and ever. Honest to God. And I think that's what's important. I mean, because there's a lot of people who are who have this fire inside of them who Mm -hmm. are like, you know, I'm working my regular job. I know I don't want to be here forever. I know I have these other plans. Like, mm. there's more in me. I'm more than my nine to five. Like, I'm mm-hmm. more than, than, than you know, this, you know, clocking in, clocking out business. But I think it's really important, you know, to even have people in your pocket, in your portfolio, rather, where, you know, you can lean on them for, mm-hmm. like, free work. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times, and I think that that's an issue that's for another topic, on this show is that, yeah. you know, this idea of volunteering and free work is like something that's like foreign now. You know, if like, unless they're getting money for it, it's like, no, yeah. I can't, I can't help you out. Mm-hmm. But it's about, you know, I see somebody who I know is dependable, who I know is going to, you know, work at what she said she's going to work at and is going to make it. I have, you know, belief in her and I'm going to help her. You know, I she's not asking me for money now, <laughs> but because I believe in the talent, and I see where it's going. I'm going to assist. Yeah, and like you said, making time. A lot of times, people expect to just be able to juggle things without mm-hmm. really setting forth, like carving out time and making the sacrifice. Yeah, you're working nine to five, great. But what is like six to ten looking like? What is what is six a.m. to like seven a.m. Like sometimes you know, four thirty. I've I've gotten out of my my bed at four thirty. Yeah, you sometimes you have o'clock. to make the sacrifice when you have this goal so you know doing things like what you're doing creating yeah. right running nonprofits, running running for-profit organizations running philanthropic organizations all that is within like the power of the regular everyday professional woman right yeah it's like what what is the sacrifice that you're going to put behind it what's the time what's the dedication who are you bringing in like do you have people within your circle like who are you even associating associating yourself with right because yeah. if you don't have one friend that's going to say you know what let me make some calls for you for free they're not friends they're, they're not friends they're not friends they're not in alignment with you right my success is not about me my success is about the community, period. Like, I have had... And the people that I've mentioned are not the extent of people who give me free labor. Mm-hmm. I have best friends who will pay full price for my events and still help me clean up. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, chill. Like, you paid $40? Like, go home. Like, <laughs> like legit. And it's about, like, what you like, what you said, what you're willing to sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, I didn't mention Evna. She's like a dope, 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 um, art curator, right? And there are so many people that just want the end goal that it does not matter. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to what you're suggesting, like black liberation, you have to really check yourself and you have to question how capitalist is my ideologies, mm-hmm. right? I have edited people's things for free. I have sat outside of people of train stations for free Wi-Fi so that my friends can have typo-free copy. And I will never ask them for a dollar because money to me is still a concept that was created to separate humanity. Yeah, and divide, conquer and divide. divide conquer and divide, right? <laughs> but when it comes to success... It is not just me. My name, my face, whatever the whatever press release is on there. But there are people who are like 
pushing me. I can't fail because they know that I am the front. Mm -hmm. I remember when I graduated from grad school and I got my um, degree delivered to my aunt's house because like, you know, I know we're still it. Um, And I remember when I opened it at her house and she almost cried. And this is a grown ass Haitian woman. I graduated in 2000. I won't say her age. I can calculate, but I won't. And I almost cried. I don't cry often. Mm -hmm. And it was because like my success was her success. Mm -hmm. It's community. It is community, and it's real community and legit. Like I don't like I don't I don't even want fame. I want to be able to like I've had people notice me in public, and it's like okay, shit. Like what do I do? Like I'm awkward in those Mm -hmm. situations, right? Like I don't require like validation from the outside because again my parents are haitian immigrants and they were nice to me <laughs> i mean yeah, a lot of us unfortunately right and i'm gra- <laughs> but honestly i'm grateful for that because i don't exist in this world to get other people's gratitude i don't yeah. exist in this world to get other people's validation so when it comes to haiti and when it comes to the projects that i do when it comes to like me collecting narrative like i'm literally collecting haitian narratives around the world it's about memorializing haiti it's about us being able to tell our own stories if you never know my name i'd probably be happier than if you did if i'm being completely honest but what i do need to highlight is that there are people in my life that will print things for me for free that will show up to my events early for free, that will pay full price for tickets for free, that will do PR for me for free, that will do graphics for me for free, whether they're Haitian or not, that will like reach out to their networks for me for free because they believe in what I'm doing. And that's what the tribe is about, right? Yeah. Because I know a lot of times on this show, we, I talk about having a strong tribe. And sometimes people don't really understand like what that means. And I'm but, sorry. I, like that bothers me. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I think that that's what a lot of a lot of people lack. They, they lack that strong circle. They lack that that you know that tribe they lack the people who kind of have that you know confidence and Mm. belief in them and i think that's why a lot of individuals are not able to be as successful is because they don't have that powerhouse and And they're also not taught to ask i was taught not to mm -hmm. ask anybody for anything well that's the thing too and i think that a lot of a lot of women a lot of women who are listening to this show (laughs) i think we all have that same thing in common because i am one of those people I will not ask. I yeah. will rather lose my leg in <laughs> the street. One? How many? Both of them? My or? one leg. <laughs> I will only go as far as one leg. I yeah. will only lose that one leg. I, I, will, I will put myself in even more stress than to ask somebody. I will, you know, run around and like lose my mind before I ask somebody for assistance. Pride is real. Pride, pride is part of the culture. Yeah. But it's not a part of the good. It's not. And I think a lot of people struggle with that when we're talking about whether we're talking about, you know, running organizations, you know, working even at our jobs. Like mm. we're just it's something that we I think as black people have to break out of mm-hmm. because that's it's what's hard, really though. been that's really what's been a like I guess the that's what's held us, a lot of us back mm-hmm. is just that idea of, you know, well, we have to do everything for ourselves. Nobody yeah. owes us nothing. Yeah. Nobody gave us anything. Nobody will give us anything. Nobody will, exactly. And I think that that's the issue that a lot of us faith in, face. And like, I feel like a lot of us would be so much further if we would just allow ourselves to be helped. Right. I, 
I agree with that and I disagree. Because there are people that are just like, God forbid you ask for anything, they will let you know that you are inferior, right? Well, that, I mean, and nobody likes that feeling. But nobody I think that goes, that. The, that goes with who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are Agreed. you? Like, if, if I'm cool with you, Ruth, yeah. and I know, your, I know your capabilities, I know your heart, I know where you stand, I should be okay to say Ruth. I need your help with editing this copy that I want to put out or whatever, right? Because I know you and I have yeah. faith or whatever. Now, I'm not just going to go some random person <laughs> on the street who, you know, some arrogant person who's like, I'm, I was waiting for her to come to me. You right? Know, I knew different. she was. But that's she thinks she's so good. Surround yourself with a real tribe. Like, I have a group of, I have, I have different pockets of women yeah. that I tap into for any type of advice. It could be from sending an email to a supervisor to this is what I'm thinking about an event that I'm doing, but I trust these women to give me criticism yeah. that's, you know, respectful. But I'm also, you know, I'm also leaning on them like, hey, I know you're a fashion designer. I know you're an event planner. Could you help me do this? Yeah. You know, but it's, it's all about like building the relationships with these individuals. It's about building the relationships and the mindset, right? Yeah. I remember like we all got that talk before we entered either it was key food or someone's like barbecue. Don't ask for anything unless they offer it to you. Mm-hmm. Don't speak and, until you're spoken to. Exactly. And that will establish itself in ways that we you can't really predict, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, it can be like, you know what? If I'm safe in this space, I'll ask. For me, it was like never ask for shit. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while, a long, long while to trust people to ask for things. And if they said no, not to use that no as an indication of like me being needy. Mm. And those lessons have worked to save us from other things, save us from embarrassment or whatever the case may be. But like once I stopped believing in embarrassment and shame, it created a whole new world for me. Like I was like a 12, 13 year old girl. My mother was like calling black boys over, telling them to like pull their pants up. Like, what am I going to do? I have to either choose to be embarrassed or be like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't like, I can't control this woman. (laughs) She's not from here. (laughs) She thinks this is okay. And these boys, I've never experienced my mother be disrespected by these boys. They pull their fucking pants up. So what do I now do as this 12, 13 year old girl? Thankfully, I chose to get rid of the idea of shame. Mm-hmm. I also was raised Catholic. I was raised Haitian. I was raised in a space where like, okay, we have a home. So that means X, Y, and Z, regardless of if it really meant X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully I was able to like be able to argue with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not that easy. It took me a long time to be able to ask for help. And I've had friends from when I was five. I'm like, I'm 30 Right. I have friends from like and not just one or two. Like I have friends from kindergarten to now. And it's still like, yo, are they going to say some shit? Mm-hmm. Are they going to make me feel shame? And everybody wants to avoid that feeling. Yeah. And we teach people that that feeling is important enough to try to avoid. Right. So like if I ask for something, even if you can't do it, how are you making me feel? You feel like, yo, I wish I really could help you. I can't, but my cousin could do it. Or are we saying, oh, damn, I, I, knew, you, I knew you needed help. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone needs help. There's not a soul in this world that came into this world without help. Nobody came into this world by themselves. There was a doctor. There was a nurse. There was someone who drove you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. There was someone who created that bed for you, right? There was, like, if you were premature or something, like, you had, like, there's someone who created the idea of an ICU, but... People want to avoid feeling bad. People want to avoid feeling shame. And like, 
what sort of space are you creating for them where they just where they feel safe? Mm-hmm. So if anyone ever asks me for help, whether I can give it to them or not, I will never make them feel like shit. Yeah. Period. And I think that that's what's really important because that shame feeling is really what dictates how people move in society. Mm. Nobody wants to feel like I even know for myself too, it took a while. If somebody tells me no, yeah. like the feeling I had, where, where that, like it has something to do with your no. actual personality yeah. no and it like, really it could doesn't be their circumstance like i don't have the time or yeah. like i don't have the money yeah or, like and i don't see your vision but that's not what you're taught you're taught if you're told no that has to do with your actual intrinsic being yeah and, it's and that fucks with people yeah <sighs> heavy stuff heavy stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could be on all day but back to the positivity I, I majored in philosophy undergrad for the record so like I was philosophy forced to take African several studies. yeah I, well I minored in African studies yeah. and I was forced to take several philosophy classes because I went to a Catholic college so <laughs> therefore existentialism Money. metaphysics <laughs> I know all of that stuff so yeah. trust me I'm all on that you know philosophical tip too but in terms of like the next steps what are the next steps for the August project what are the next steps for this sneaker my favorite question i'm so glad that you asked me that because i need to be a forward planner um the next step with the sneaker is half my proceeds for the august project um for the uprising rather we'll go to the august project um you can follow us at the august prjct we do have a um, lister for volunteers specifically and we have a lister for people who just want to follow along um the next step is i am going to August 11th, when I get paid, I will donate half of my paycheck to the August Project. The August Project directly um, benefits Haiti. Mm -hmm. I do not get paid from the August Project's funds yet because we just don't have the the money to give anyone salaries you can volunteer with us we are gonna travel to haiti next year i have traveled with groups in the past um in terms of future projects i mentioned it earlier i don't remember if it's online or offline but i am collecting narratives of haitians worldwide i am creating a coffee table book i think it's important for us to tell our own stories i think it's important for us to um, memorialize our existence in this world we do not know what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. in a large i told you i told someone this today i don't know if it was you or um the interview i had earlier but like i have i have a grandma who has alzheimer's and there's a picture i came across on my phone where like it's it's supposed to be a cousin pick like all the cousins cousin mm-hmm. cousin cousin and she just kept coming in the pick like miss like granny 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 <laughs> chill like you could get next pick and it made me wonder and think, and again, philosophy on the grad major, so I could be overthinking, but it made me think about like how she memorialized herself. Like you're gonna you're gonna include me in this, right? We see pictures of Dr. King, we see pictures of um the Parsley Massacre, we see pictures of the of history because someone decided that it was important enough to memorialize. Mm-hmm. So my next project I wouldn't say next because I've been I've con- I'm continuing to do it. I've done New York, I've done Boston already. Um, it's to memorialize the the narratives of Haitians around the world. It's mm-hmm. going to be in a coffee table book. Um, proceeds will again go to Haiti, but also it's about like showing your child how their great grandparent look. Yeah, it's about showing your great grandchildren how it was for Haitians when we were going to high school as opposed mm-hmm. to when they were right and like my younger cousins will tell me stories and i like to me it's like oh shit this shit is still going on it's about education it's about understanding it's about 
Haitians being in the world forever, regardless of what happens, whether it's like a, regardless, I'm not going to end it at that, regardless. So those are the next steps. And there's a lot more, but like, I really do need, um, support in that, in that space. So if you guys are, I mean, you don't really have to be a creative to really be a supporter. You can be anybody to be a supporter. Yeah. Um, give us that handle again on Instagram. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) At sign V T H E August spelled the correct way. P as in Peter. Um, we like him in the Bible, right? Yes. We like Peter in the Bible. Peter's a good guy. He's a good he guy. He came back from, you know, his, he redeemed his, discre- his indiscretions. P-R-J-C-T. Um, that's us on Instagram, on Twitter. It's Project August. That's the name that we started as, actually. And it's P-R-J-C-T August. Okay. You can follow our progression. You can come with us to Haiti next year. You can do what you want. DM us. We'll we'll engage you in conversation as long as it's thoughtful, kind, and fact-based. So basically, for those of you who love to troll on Instagram, (laughs) this message is for you. Stay out of the DMs. You will not get any attention. Use your efforts somewhere else. (laughs) Read. (laughs) Reading is fundamental. Read, analyze, and then comment. (laughs) <laughs> all right so thank you so much ruth for thank being you on rita honest yeah. to god thank you i mean i think it was really educational it was really informative i think it was also inspiring to a lot of the women who do have again you know this idea or this energy to be civically engaged but feel like oh i don't really know i'm just a regular person Can everybody's I really a regular this? person everybody and i'm so, a regular person so yeah and i've met her she is regular <laughs> But good regular. I'm regular facts. too. I'm good regular. Big We're all facts. regular. <laughs> Don't but. try to come back. It's big facts. Legit. <laughs> but thank you for much, so much for taking this time. Thank you. To even, you know, show up and actually, you know, do this interview. Like I said, I know a lot of people are vying for your attention right mm-hmm. now. But I'm happy that I was able to be one of them to, <laughs> to get you on the show. So... For those of you guys who are wondering again, where do you have like a personal one that you, a personal Instagram that you um, like have people, you know, contact you at or is it everything goes through the, the um, project? You can, the I have project. a personal Instagram as well. Um, I haven't privatized it yet because the, the trolls haven't gotten that strong. <laughs> so we'll see, but it's um, at La Social Nomad. Okay, cool. And L as in Liberia, E as in Ethiopia. Um, social spelled correctly all the way out. Nomad, someone who travels often. All right, so cool. So we're definitely going to be following your progress here, at <laughs> Please World. do. I love following the progresses of all the guests that I have on this show. So everyone, thank you again for tuning into another episode of Frida's World. Please remember to check us out on Instagram at Frida F R E E D A s underscore world on instagram and you can go to our website www.fridasworld.com to check out the latest and to also sign up for our newsletter also do not forget to subscribe rate and review we are on spotify we are on google we are on soundcloud and apple and pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast and with that being said everyone have a good night and i will talk to you guys next week Bonne nuit. <laughs> Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clatch it. Like you love church music, but you f***
Well, future, that's pleasure. It's Frida's world.